Hi everyone, welcome to the Ice House podcast. I'm Bryce Stewart, the community manager, and today I'm having an in-person conversation with Amanda Barker. We're based here in Tauranga. Amanda is the founder and co-owner of Pillar Consulting uh, and has done some coaching with Jamie Brock, who is a coach based here in Tauranga as well. Uh, I heard Amanda's story at our recent Tauranga alumni breakfast. It was awesome. And from that moment, I was like, cool, we've got to have Amanda on the podcast. So I appreciate you being here today, Amanda. Thank you. Looking forward to our chat. Yes. Um, I like to start uh, our conversations with some quick fire questions. Mm-hmm. So I'll get straight into it. The first one, a book or podcast you're listening to or reading right now that you recommend? Um, I'm a bit of a true crime junkie, mm, uh, nice. but I also love wellbeing podcasts and, um, as well as that I like to balance it out with obviously some business podcasts mm-hmm. as well. So, um, the spinoff business is boring is great. It's I so love, good. love that podcast. Yeah. Um, I'm watching, I'm actually listening to, um, another podcast, which I've been listening to for a couple of years now called, um, do you effing mind? Mm. Um, by Alexis Fernandez, um, she's incredible. And then um, true crime conversations, like which is an Australian Mamma Mia podcast, um, <laughs> which I've just stumbled across recently. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, great on a on a airplane when I'm trying to kind of switch off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that makes you switch off the true it does. crime. That it blows my mind. Absolutely does. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. I I feel like I should have been a detective in a previous life or something like that. I get so into it. There's certain Topics that I can't yeah, go yeah. to, like anything sort of child related. Yes. Um, but anything other than that, yeah. Wow. Yeah. God, <laughs> I love these quick fire. I love so much. Yeah. <laughs> Coffee order. Oh, trim flat white. I'm very boring. Yeah. I'm not an oat milk, coconut milk girl. The barista yeah. probably appreciates yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. When are you most productive? Um, most productive either um, when I'm traveling. So, um, Coro Lounge is mm. kind of my happy place when it comes to being productive. I just kind of put my um, earpods in, listen to some good music, and yeah, just get stuck into answering emails. And yeah, it's good. Isn't the Coro Lounge like such an inspiring place? It really is. Mm. Yeah, because you you're just like. Well, I don't know, maybe you're distracted because I like want to people watch, you yeah. know, I'm just like, what are these people up to? But yeah, yeah. it's such a good place. I you do you see, you see quite, um, you know, a lot of, I suppose, New Zealand sort of celebrities in the mm. lounge and like previous, um, like, you know, All Blacks or um, people in business who are kind of just traveling with their family and doing mm. normal things. Um, yeah. And it's cool because no one bothers them, no one approaches them or anything and yeah. you just sort of get on with it. It's, yeah, it's yeah, good. It's a good yeah. place. When are you most relaxed? Um, most relaxed definitely in the weekends, um, when I'm with my family, um, yeah, or I mean, yeah, I suppose anyone is when they're on holiday as Mm. well, but, um, yeah, definitely, definitely in the weekends, I try and switch off. Yeah, do you switch off quite easily? I actually do, yeah, I think, I didn't in the early days, um, but now I'm pretty good at switching off, Mm. yeah. That's cool, I'd love to hear that. What did you want to be when you were older? I wanted to be a physio, Mm. um... Yeah, I had I played um, quite competitive hockey as a teenager, and um, I got I suffered like so badly from shin splints, mm. um, and so I just remember being at the physio almost every day, wow. um, in sort of sixth and seventh form, and um, yeah, thought that would be a cool career to have, and then realised how much science was involved and how little <laughs> motivation <laughs> I had for that. So. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, favorite place in the world 
Oh, this is quite easy. So um, my family, my parents bought a badge in Kinloch mm. on Lake Taupo when my mum was three months pregnant with me. Wow. I've lived there about three times throughout my life. Um, you know, whenever I kind of need just an escape, it's always been, yeah, my kind of happy place. Uh, that would be in New Zealand. Um, cool. Also love travelling overseas and, um, yeah, Italy, in particular Tuscany, um, would be up there. And also um, I stopped um, in Playa del Carmen on a cruise ship once about mm. 17 years ago, so we're going back there next year because cool. I want to kind of see if it's actually as cool as I remember it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to be. Yeah, explore a bit more. Yeah. That's cool. Great answers. Yes. Uh, well, now I ask this fun question that everyone loves. <laughs> Tell us about Amanda. Who is Amanda? What are you passionate about? And what does life look like? Yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting question. It's a big one, yeah. The, the old Amanda is quite different to the Amanda these days. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I guess growing up, I... Um, I didn't really know who I was, mm. you know, I and I and I guess not many people really do are fortunate enough to. It's kind of something that I always struggled with um, and wanted to kind of know more about um, myself. Um, and so I have spent probably the last ten years really getting to kind of know who I am and mm. what makes me tick and what I enjoy. Um, rather than kind of what I portray to other people in the world. Um, I am very extroverted but do enjoy my own company. Um, I was not very driven to succeed at high school or at uni. I actually kind of dropped out of uni Mm -hmm. quite um, early on and then went back and had another crack at it and then kind of just went, oh God, I'm just so not this person, you know, in my my 20s and stuff. Um, Really sociable. Um, I love being around people. I love being, um, you know, with my friends and my family. So, yeah, back then I kind of felt like the fact that I wasn't a scholar and I wasn't really committed or motivated and often didn't kind of finish things Mm. or see things through was like a huge failure and it really got to me. Um, But in my 30s and, and, you know, I've been with my husband um, since we were 21 um, and so we've sort of grown up together and... And I guess, um, you know, in my 30s we had, um, we've got a little good, little boy um, who's now nine and um, a little girl who's now about to turn seven and um, yeah, just being a mum and realising that I always wanted to kind of create my own destiny and um, start my own business and that's what the business has really allowed me to do is to actually find who I am and what I enjoy doing and, and um, you know, I don't feel that kind of angst over what others expected of me back then anymore that's that's kind of gone which is great and I guess that sort of happens with most people with age anyway but yeah I feel like I'm I finally kind of know who I am and what I was meant to kind of do which is um which is great um yeah do you think that was like a series of events like um you know it's such a big question like um and I remember even in my early 20s asking myself like what's my purpose who am I you know like all those questions you know, people do personality tests galore or whatever. Oh, do you yeah. think it was just a series of fun yourself? Like, yeah, what did that look like, if that makes sense? Yeah, well, I guess um, particularly, like, at sort of the end of school and going, you know, doing that whole need to go to university yes, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. I think you there's, there's a, you know, there's a certain, I suppose, pigeonhole that everybody expects 
or you know you feel that there's a sense of expectation yeah and whether that's because of where I was in society the school I went to the people that I kind of mixed with the fact that I was really sporty and outgoing Mm -hmm. and I guess my parents kind of you know view of what they thought would be good for me I kind of just thought well if I've got to fit into this mold like I just have to because that's what that's what everybody else is doing you know and then I went away um to uni and and I just absolutely blew out like I just can't even describe how much I blew up but I guess anyone listening who knew me back then will totally get it um yeah so I definitely that was just not what I should have done and you know and I think um, but I learned so much from it because I realised, you know, even though everyone around me was kind of like, far out, she's just totally failing, mm-hmm. you know, and I really felt that and heard it and saw it and listened to it and, and felt, you know, felt it myself. Um, my parents were great. They were like, you need to come home. Like, this isn't working for you, you know, like, just take a year off and yada, yada. And then I met my now husband and yeah. kind of found my place with good friends from school that had gone to a different university and so I kind of went and hung out with them and mm-hmm. my life just took a completely different direction um, yeah. but yeah I do feel like I learned so much from those events and I do feel um, yeah if I if I had my time over again absolutely I, I wouldn't have mm-hmm. gone and done that I would have done something different I probably would have taken some time off after school um, you know and actually figured out that maybe the entrepreneurial you know track was more more aligned to me both my parents own their own businesses growing up so it's what I knew it's what I saw um but I think because they were also successful and and you know they were like no you've got to go to uni you've got to get an education you've got to you know um so yeah it is yeah no that's so interesting yeah I think really inspiring to younger anyone younger listening um but also have had this discussion and quite a few conversations around like the linear approach to life Mm. and how you have to like um, do what we think society thinks is the next linear step but really life can look like squiggly lines everywhere yeah. and look so different so yes. yeah it's really interesting to, yeah. to um, dive into totally um, but yeah I'd love to, to talk a little bit more about Pillar Consulting mm-hmm. your business your business so how was that born from that moment and what does Pillar Consulting offer yeah okay so um, I was living in Australia um, and I always knew that I wanted to have my own business so that was something that I've I've always known yeah Um, Yeah, I just never knew what and and, you know and as we just talked about I never felt probably in my 20s and in my late teens that I was good enough or you know could do it Um, but I always knew it was kind of always there Mm. Um, so I've always sort of had these ideas about what I could do but my career was in um, mainly recruitment in um, like a more of you know that generalist HR kind of teams for large companies so um, I worked for a bank in New Zealand um, in that team environment moved to Australia with them and then ended up leaving them and moving into a mining company Um, but I worked um, so I did fly in fly out into that mining environment and I did a bit of health and safety training before I went out into that environment and really enjoyed it but then very much focused on um, on like the HR, being part of a wider HR and people and culture team and, and all of that. Um, so uh, after I left that mining environment, um, ended up moving to Sydney and moving into a medical device company and again more that HR. So 
um, recruitment for Australia and New Zealand and, and, you know, part of an HR team. So um, I always really liked working with people. um, But then when I had my second baby, I always knew my husband and I were like, okay, New Zealand's always home. So we decided to move home at that point. And, um, And I was kind of feeling quite just not satisfied with my career mm-hmm. um, at that point. So moved back to New Zealand with a five-month-old and a two-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very full-on. My husband mm-hmm. was still nine weeks away, mm-hmm. um, sort of finishing off in Sydney. And then um, during that time, I was in Kimlock, actually. Um, we lived there for a year before we moved to um, Tauranga. And um, my cousin, who is... Um, a CEO sits on boards just kind of onto it and business and whatnot he's got a batch in, in Kinlock as well and we were talking one night about what I was going to do and I said oh, I really want to start my own kind of thing I think I'm ready now I think I'll just do recruitment because it's kind of what I know even though I didn't feel overly inspired by the idea and he was like well you should maybe look at health and safety the law's about to change and um, you know maybe look into that so I did. Um, I just couldn't kind of get it out of my head. Once I get an idea in my head, I just <laughs> yeah. want to see if I can investigate it and see whether or not, like I do a lot of research into it. So looked into what that would potentially look like and what I would be required to sort of study, pulled out the study that I'd done um, or the training that I'd done in order to be in the mines um, and all of that. And, and yeah, just all kind of came together in my head and and on paper, and I sort of thought, I could study this this year, and then I could probably launch my own thing, helping small to medium-sized businesses, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, contribute towards a positive health and safety outcomes for New Zealand workplaces, you know, in in general, because we have terrible statistics here. We're just, you're twice as likely to die in New Zealand as you are in Australia, and actually nearly four times uh, more likely to die at work here than the UK. We Whoa. have a real issue. Yeah. Wow, I did not realise that at all. Yeah, yeah. And I think after Pike River, mm. some stuff that happened with the Christchurch earthquake, and even going back as far as sort of Cave Creek, you know, these are all um, these are all incidents that have happened in our lifetime that probably didn't, well, that just didn't need to, particularly Pike. You know, that was just so bad. Mm. Um, and that is the story that's synonymous with you know why WorkSafe was actually implemented with that mandate to improve our performance so once I sort of started reading it and getting really passionate and invested in in what what I could contribute to it I was like yeah let this make sense so I never wanted to just be a consultant I always wanted to own a business that hired people better than me to help contribute to the problem so it was always the plan was always to have a fully fledged business with with people lots of people and a team and you know and see how far I could take it really Mm. uh rather than just me out there kind of helping with my one year of study you know like that was just not the plan at all so um yeah so anyway it was um it was kind of a funny year 2016 because I was studying parenting a toddler and a baby and you know my husband was coming back 
from Australia too. So we're trying to find a place. Where are we going to live? What are we going to do? We'd bought our house in Pipmore when I was overdue uh, from having uh, the, our second baby mm. in Australia. So we bought that on Trade Me. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. It's so <laughs> random. Um, so we always knew that we had a place to go to if we wanted to. It was more a rental. But then yeah. we sort of thought, you know what? Let's just do it. Let's go to yeah. the sunny, beautiful Bay of Plenty and yeah. live at the beach. So, uh, yeah, so 2017, moved here, and, and it was just do or die, February. I remember it, February 27th, 2017. I was like, wow, okay, I just have to make this work. Wow. Yeah, so, yeah. So had you launched something down in Yeah, so we, so I had, in order to kind of pay for, I suppose, the setup. I was doing a bit of freelancing yeah. recruitment work for a guy who was still living in Sydney. Yeah. And uh, he actually introduced me to a guy that owned a health and safety uh, system as a service, so SaaS product, um, that had been launched about eight weeks earlier. So in October they had launched and I was... I sort of met him, his name's Nathan Height, and he and his business partner, Mark Kidd, own um, Say365. So they had, that launched about eight weeks before. So I started using the system uh, for some of the local clients that I had in Kinloch, like mm. the hairdresser and yeah, the awesome. Topol Rodeo randomly. And, <laughs> I know, and, um, and my friend who owns um, the beauty therapy um, you know, awesome. business down there and yeah, and then just a few other property management um, mm. for, for holiday homes and, and that kind of thing. So I was doing a lot of kind of pro bono, very, very cheap work for yeah. um, local businesses down there just to get my study, like my brain around it, how it could all work and make and make it kind of simple for them because yeah. they don't know what they need. So, um, yeah. yeah, so that was – so I, 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 fe- so I, I was doing work down there, but I kind of think the official date, I suppose, of really being able to – kind of go out and, and try and win new business and start from scratch would have been about, yeah, mm. 27th of Feb, 2017 yeah. is the date in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Mm. Um, what is one thing you wish you had known when you began your business? Probably the importance of well-being, mm. I would say, would be a big one. Yeah, just late nights. I studied, I went back and did a diploma. Um, I was, you know, trying to build the business. I was networking. I was just doing so much because my focus was on building this kind of thing that I could be really proud of and and just wanted to help everybody else around me. Mm. Um, You know, not just um, the businesses that I was working with, but also my family, um, you know, building something for my, my kids' future and, totally. and, you know, something that my husband and I could be really proud of. Um, obviously my team, as we started growing and I started hiring people, it was all about making sure that they were okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think just in general, I just didn't kind of stop for probably two and a half years and actually go, hmm, what about my well-being and what about me? Um, and I felt really burnt out, um, and I just feel that I'm actually really glad that no one told me how hard it would be because I genuinely yeah. don't know if I would have done yeah. it. Because yeah, <laughs> um, it is the hardest thing. Mm. It is so hard, and you can't underestimate that, mm. like the le- the number of hours you put in. But I met some incredible people during that time, mm. and one of them um, 
her name's Samantha Gadd and she owns um, Humankind. Mm. And I remember meeting her and and her just saying to me, you know, like it's been a, a, a hard five years. It's been so hard. But she said, you know, I feel like I've done that now and, and, I, and I just hope that the next sort of chapter might look a little bit different for me in terms of like the number of hours that I do put in and, and that kind of thing. And she, um, I haven't actually caught up with her since then um, to find out how that's gone for her. Um, but I do know that she's very passionate about wellbeing and she's mm-hmm. done amazing things in that space. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think probably the importance of wellbeing for yourself and just being able to take time to look after yourself and actually care about yourself as much as everybody else really yeah so true yeah Yeah. that's a great answer so how big is your team now I think there's 12 of us amazing yeah and would you say you're managing them uh, how how much of your time is split between you know managing them in the business Mm -hmm. um, working on the business rather than in it um, and actually consulting yourself yeah, um, it's a, that's a really great question. Um, <clears throat> at the moment, it's still too much um, mm-hmm. of all of it. So we try. We've we've actually from September first, uh, my colleague Tash, she's moving into a managing consultant role. So she's taking the managerial, I guess, um, yeah, job title and and role kind of away from me. Mm-hmm. So anyone who's a senior consultant will report into me still mm-hmm. um, and she will obviously report into me and my business partner Mariska mm-hmm. co-jointly. Mm-hmm. At the moment I'm working uh, still a lot with clients, so probably 60-70% of wow. my time yep. is consulting. Yep. Uh, obviously managing my team um, mm-hmm. and then yeah working on the business when I can and it needs to it really needs to be flipped on its head and that's why we've done this because mm-hmm. we've got such a huge um uh you know so many exciting things and and balls in the air that we're sort of juggling and trying to make you know bring to fruition and make a reality mm-hmm. and we just can't do that with me still being so operational yeah uh, so yeah, totally. so that's it's next. so interesting to hear though because that's um, common, very yeah. Common. <laughs> Just yeah. so you're like, oh no, um, yeah, very common. Um, but of course it is because you you built this thing from ground up. You've been the only one for a long time. Mm. You're working in all the details, and then how do you know when to then switch into the next gear where you're working on, not in? Yeah, you know, um, or, or you're working more on than in. Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting one to, to hear and um, sure that once you do crack it or unlock lots of yeah. things, it's cool to hear that sort of in motion. Yes. Um, what's one of your proudest moments in business so far and how do you celebrate success? Yeah, um, so, so many things that I'm proud of. I think, cool. um, I think probably my, my most proudest moment was when my team recently said to me, we know that you would go to war for us wow. and we know that you value us. We feel so valued, you know, just, just, we were just having a chat and I just kind of thought I had a client, um, I had, I heard that a client had sort of, um, uh, said something, um, which, which had upset one of my team mm-hmm. and I got, I went into full mama bear mode yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, who do I need to speak to? Yeah. Um, and you know, and then anyway, it was sorted and I, and I d- actually didn't need to get involved, which was, um, which was interesting, mm-hmm. uh, but it was sorted and then everybody around me was like, we just know that you would just go to war, war for us and we would do anything for you as a result. Wow. And I was like, that's really cool because 
Pillar is so about it's so people centric so it's about our clients but I am I'm so passionate about my team Mm -hmm. and making sure that they feel valued is um is huge to me and I never really realized how important it was until I mean I live and breathe it because I'm constantly telling them to take time and low because I've worked long hours or you know make sure that you go on that holiday don't even think for a second about um about not because you're too busy like we'll sort it you know um those types of things um we have a volunteers day every year we have we offer a birthday off which Mm. is very common obviously but then we also offer a well-being um you know day off as well so um you know and we we have had staff who have felt a bit of burnout and Mm. and I'm like the first person just say you have to take the week off like you just have to so to to get that feedback and have that validated was really amazing Mm. I think to hear Mm, um and also kind of a, a a you know, almost like a mirror being held up to myself that I need to do the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, when I had COVID recently, I actually put my out of office on saying I have shut my computer, I have, my laptop is not coming out for a week. Like, yeah, if you, on, yeah. you know, my team are there, like, you can call them kind yeah. of thing. So, yeah. um, which is very rare for me. Yeah. Um, also, probably the other really proud moment that I had was when my business, now business partner, who was a client, this, we're going back to 2018, um, uh, wanted to come join me. You yeah. know, I put it I put it to her and um, and she'd left her role and she, she was like, yeah, you know, and she was offered so many amazing opportunities um, because mm-hmm. she's so, so good at what she does in mm-hmm. the recruitment and HR space and, and management space, people leadership space. And she... Um, was like yeah absolutely and I think I was like I can we can maybe take three grand each out of the business yeah, a month yeah. you know like we were, we were so poor and um and you know and that was a stretch and um she was like that's fine you know wow. she was like even though she was like that's going to be really hard but she said mm-hmm. no that's let's do it so um she just believed in me and, and what I w- was trying to build so much and She's been like her her our relationship is very unique. We actually um, trialed it for eighteen months. Yeah, so great call. we had um, a lawyer give us that advice and I'm so glad that we did it because obviously COVID hit through that and I thought, oh for sure, you know, this will be the kind of the end of that. But um nah, she just rode that wave and that just told me so much about her and about mm-hmm. our relationship and and then when we eventually did put the watertight shareholders agreement in place and and we did it all properly and now we just have the best mm-hmm. relationship and Jamie actually our coach he he talks a bit about the magic of between us you know mm-hmm. um we do have a very cool you know lots of banter but we can be serious too when yeah. we need to be yeah, yeah. We different hats yes too. yeah, yeah absolutely so, so cool. um we celebrate success via, like, we try and get the team together quite a bit, but I'll often, you know, like, we, we win a tender or we, um, you know, something cool happens at work or there's a breakthrough or, you know, even with some of our clients who manages middle management in particular, some of them are just not great at hearing the health and safety, you know, mm-hmm. message yeah, and, yeah. and driving it. And, and even when we crack that, like, I, I'll often take the team out for lunch or we'll go out for dinner or you know 
Friday coffees on the business, you know, like yeah. stuff like that. Like yeah. we, you know, we can't do big things often, but we do try to get together two or three times a year where we bring the team from Auckland, Wellington, and us here, cool. and also Chantal, who's based in Australia now as well. Wow. We'll, we'll try and get together, yeah, yeah, twice a year, which is cool. That's very cool and so important to like mark those little milestones. Yes. Otherwise. You're like five years into it and you're like, yeah. you never feel like you've celebrated, but you have had so much success yes. over those five years. But when you're going in, in the trenches, it's hard. So yeah. cool to hear you guys do it well. Yeah, no, definitely. Mm, it's important. Absolutely. That's cool. Um, so yeah, you mentioned it just then, but you've done some coaching with Jamie, um, who's a local coach here in Tauranga. How did that all happen? And was there anything that held you back from starting that coaching journey? Um, I wish I'd done it sooner. Mm. Um, that's, yeah, just absolutely wish I had. Uh, I think time, like Mariska and I are so time poor mm. and it's just because we've just grown just so quickly that we just, you know, we're still very much in the trenches as you mentioned earlier. So um, with Jamie, the way that it came about was um, Mariska and I were talking we had a very honest conversation with each other during COVID during the you know in 2020 when the pandemic really hit and uh, Mariska was you know sort of saying to me if this is going to work like if we are going to actually do this and get through this period of complete uncertainty and unknown um we need a coach we need someone to help us and she said I just don't feel that we're like we're still just kind of treading water Mm. and we're just we're not taking it forward like we're growing and the financial side of the business you know is represent like that's represented by the finances so the bottom line shows that we're growing but we aren't doing it in a strategic way we're just kind of taking more business and pushing ourselves harder yeah and so it was a really good time to kind of say, okay, yeah, let's, let's do this. And obviously it was really uncertain. So the, the impact um, of doing that and, and paying for it, you know, as well was like just another cost, but we actually reduced costs in other ways mm-hmm. to do that so yeah. that it was cost neutral for the, for the business at the time, just purely because we just thought that that was the most important thing. So I think we even stopped like our Google AdWords, wow. which was crazy yeah. and was highly, um, you know, we had a lot of uh, people give us advice not to. <laughs> um, but I was like, no, let's just turn it off for a few months mm-hmm. while we sort of meet this guy who can yeah. hopefully help us and, and wow, then we'll switch way. it back on yeah, you know, um, totally. when we need to. But yeah. yeah. That's such a pra- I had never such a practical great way for business owners to go how can I make this coaching work mm. okay well where can I reduce mm. costs in other areas yeah to actually make it a possibility yeah because at the time I don't even think we were actually getting a return on investment from our AdWords mm. like it was yeah. something that just wasn't you know like if we were getting heaps and heaps from it we probably would have tried to switch something else off totally. you know? but I was like actually maybe he could help us with that <laughs> and he yeah. has you know like he's given yeah. us some really great advice so that's so cool yeah um so yeah you said you wish you did it sooner mm-hmm. why, why did you why um because I think just the advice just having that third person that we can sit down with and he can just shit he's so insightful and yeah. he's just so good at what he does and He's been there as well, you know, and I think um, for me, so when I first started the business in the Bay and I was out networking probably three nights a week, I was 
honestly, I was a networking freak. (laughs) And I just was like, I've got to get out there and put myself out there. And, um, And he, like, I just remember at the time there were a lot of life coaches or a lot of coaches yeah. on that uh, on that circuit, that networking circuit, and a lot of people were trying to get me to sign up and be coached by them. So I don't know what it was about me, maybe just because I was everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, yeah, 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 but I was approached by a lot of people saying, oh, I'd love to coach you, I'd love to coach you, I'd love to coach you. And, you know, with all due respect, I kind of thought at the time I want to be coached. If I if I am ever to have a coach mm. in whatever way, shape or form that may look, mm. I need it to be like my mentors. So in terms of somebody who's been there, done that, has the, you know, the, the I suppose, commercial acumen mm. and, um, and somebody who can really, you know, who's walked, walked the walk kind of thing mm. and you know has it has 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 or her own story as well so mm. for me I just didn't really vibe with any of those people and yeah. it also at the time to be honest I just wouldn't have been able to afford it yeah. anyway yeah. um and I didn't want to be someone's guinea pig either yeah. Yeah, so totally. I just didn't have time for that so yeah. for me it was very much about uh finding the right one and then obviously as we got busy it sort of fell off the radar and the other thing I guess is that early on I had so many amazing mentors you know my cousin who's a CEO a chairman of you know sits on many boards and is just you know very onto it in business my my another cousin's husband is um, very senior um, in the New Zealand business world as well. So I, you know, I had him mm. as well. Um, my dad unfortunately passed away in two thousand and seven, so mm. I didn't have him, but I had a lot of his friends yes. around who I could sort of reach out to, and um, amazing female mentors. I joined the Business Women's Network mm. Committee here, and one of the women who I actually took over her spot from because she was going into retirement. She, her and I would catch up regularly so I felt like I had these really amazing unpaid mentors <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. and everyone like she was marketing for example so and, and design so that was kind of her area so if I needed a question in that then I could reach out to her but if I needed a question around um, you know some financial enterprise advice I'd reach out to them and then obviously Nathan and Mark who were um, in the process or throes of setting up a very successful piece of health and safety tech as well, mm. I had them mm. too. So yeah. I didn't probably feel like I needed an official coach, and it wasn't until that mm. the pandemic and Mariska sort of saying to me, "Hey, we if we're going to do this, we need to do it properly. Like let's let's pay someone to give us that advice." And I was mm. like, "Great idea." So. Mm. Yeah, so the Ice House was actually recommended to us. Um, my husband works for a commercial construction company, and the three guys who own that um, were on the Ice House um, there. Yeah, they, they've been using um, Ice House coaching in Auckland for, for a number of years, so they recommended Yeah. It. Yeah. Oh, cool. I yeah. love that network working like that. Yes, yes. Um, did you have any misconceptions about the Ice House or, or coaching before you started? Um. I think probably just going back to what I was saying, so the misconception around what coaching actually was, Yeah. I kind of thought I'm too busy to be held accountable. Yeah. And I felt, you know, I really felt that because I was like, the last thing I need is someone every week mm-hmm. or month or fortnight or whatever telling me, why haven't you done this? You know? Totally. Um, and so I felt really like, oh, I just wow. can't, like that was a misconception, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the what is coaching mm-hmm. as well like this whole as I said being on the circuit with a, a lot of people who called themselves coaches and I was kind of like are they life coaches are they business coaches like yeah. I just couldn't kind of understand and in the end I just sort of yeah I just kind of I still didn't really have the answers from them so yeah. I was kind of like it's that's fine that's the, you know I just kind of thought that word that mm-hmm. coaching word just maybe had negative connotations for me because of what I sort of thought it was from from that time um and then um no no misconceptions about the ice house but I guess because I had done a lot of networking and had been to a heat so many events in those first two years um and I really found my place with the um, chamber of commerce here in the bay and I never really kind of explored ice house like and maybe it was because it sort of um, wasn't as prominent and down here Definitely. back in 2017 yeah. when I was you know out and about a lot but yeah, yeah I probably got to a place where I, I got too busy and just stopped networking altogether and just never really yeah. you know got back in totally mm. um what may what makes Jamie different from the coaching idea that you had in your head yeah um, so yes, he does hold us accountable, yeah. but in a really positive manner. Yeah. So it's all about if you guys do this, it could turn your business from turning over X to turning over, yeah. you know, Y Z. Like the possibilities are endless, and so because we know why we're doing what he's asked or suggesting mm. that we do, um, we're like that's that's great. Yeah, of course. And so we sit down, we make time, we do it. Um, he's also super understanding um, if, um, you know, if for some reason, like recently um, one of us, you know, was very unwell. Well, actually, we've both been so unwell with this flu and COVID and, you know, like all the all the winter bugs and whatnot. And, um, you know, I love that the session that we kind of go into will often, not often, but sometimes it can change really quickly and, and that's okay with him. He's not like, hang on, we've got to stick to the script or the business plan or whatever. He's like, well, okay, you girls are working far too hard. Yeah. You know, how can we talk about your well-being, yeah, for example? Awesome. Or, you know, how can you actually look after yourselves? Because you're looking after everybody else and this is what I'm hearing. And so, and that probably leads me to my next point. He hears things that we don't realise that we've said. Mm. <laughs> and maybe hears things that we don't even realise that we haven't said as mm. well. Like, he's very good at um, reading between the lines mm. and, um, you know, and maybe... Um, just grabbing something and like bringing you know circling back to it later and yeah he's very present so we we've only met Jamie I've only met Jamie in person twice Mm -hmm. even though we live in the same town because Mariska's in Wellington so we do all of our coaching sessions via zoom and then she came up here and it timed in with a session so we decided to go to the base and actually meet him in person which was cool. cool um but I never feel on Zoom even like he's sitting there taking notes and I'm looking at the top of his head like he's mm-hmm. he retains everything mm-hmm. and um, it's so good like just being feeling like you're talking to someone who's actually listening to you and and, and but then not only just listening like getting it understanding it he knows so much about our business now mm-hmm. wow. um, so it is just so great yeah. you know yeah, that's so um, having that insight and, and the fact that he's been there done that he's he has got so many amazing stories or anecdotes or whatever from other clients uh, you know and, and his own um, 
his own experiences without ever mentioning names or yeah. you know like crossing any boundaries or anything so I feel like we're learning from what he or his other clients have experienced mm. as well which is really cool yeah um so yeah it's a lot more oh. I guess corporate official legit mm. than what back in the early days I was kind of thinking it that coaching, coaching was, was. Yeah. yeah 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 so interesting yeah, yeah great answer um, anything you've implemented from coaching with Jamie that's really helped to grow the business or change the strategy? Um, probably learning how to implement a strategy. So I'm not a natural mm. business person. I don't have a natural business brain. I don't look at um, the accounts and kind of go, oh yeah, this all makes sense. You know, like I'm yeah, not yeah. that, I'm not an economics major. I'm not, I'm not somebody who... Um, who will ever be that person unless I probably do some courses or, or I don't know whatever like I probably do, should and I and it and it and it's actually something that I have been thinking about doing a bit more of in that space which mm. I'm probably going to talk to Jamie about <laughs> soon um but mm. he's really good with that stuff so he so I know people like mm. that's my that's where I'm really great yeah. is that I know how to get business owner owners to engage their people on how they can implement something that is so boring, mm, um, wow. you know, and is often seen as a tick box exercise and how can totally. we do it in a way that makes sense to them. And I think that's the difference that we sort of bring to the Brilliant. to the table when it comes to health and safety consulting and, and you know, I guess coaching as well. Mm. Um, but from, from our own internal, uh, you know, strategic growth, that's where I'm just not great. Like it just has happened. It's mm-hmm. organic. It just has happened, and it will get to a point where we actually are too big for mm. it to keep going the way it's going organically. And that's why he's so great because he's been able to kind of say, right, here's your plan, and this is how you use it, and this is, you know, well, he wants. To, he's asked, you know, so many questions about what we want. And that was in the first session. Like, what do you want to get out of this? What do you actually see? Where do you see it? going mm. and obviously when we answer all of these questions he can then put together a plan for us with us um and then we kind of know how to how to kind of enforce it or implement it on a daily monthly annual basis which is so great and then he just keeps kind of keeps us on track and mm. um awesome. but just the the finances you know and the profit and loss and the you know all of those things um that that we kind of need you know the coaching to align with Mm. which is which is really great so yeah that's a great answer yeah that's really cool to know Mm -hmm. yes imposter syndrome imposter syndrome discuss being out of your comfort zone in those first years how did that feel and how did you gain confidence yes imposter syndrome I feel like I could write a book on this (laughs) (laughs) Because you even pointed out just then in the other um, answer, you know, I'm not, you know, I, you know, I'm not, um, not, not into the numbers, but you know, can struggle in that space. And I'm sure as a business owner starting out, a lot of that would have had the potential yeah. to, to knock you out of the race or, or, or at least got you down. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unpack what that means to you, imposter syndrome. Yeah. Imposter syndrome. Gosh, it was crippling. Mm-hmm. Um, and um yeah to be perfectly honest it could have meant the end before it had even started um that's how crippling it was in the early days so there were a couple of things so one was that I was not a natural 
um, like from a from an enterprise perspective, like I said, I'm like the numbers. Yes, I enjoy. I actually really enjoy, um, you know, reconciling and doing all of that kind of day to day stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, and keeping tabs on it and really knowing what's coming in and going out and all of that. I I really enjoy that. Mm. Um, but in terms of like the what does that mean for the future? So what do I need to be forecasting and all of that that yeah. kind of stuff? Like that was just not natural for me. So I felt out of my depth in the early days when I was like how am I going to grow something that's big because mm. I want it to be big I didn't want it just to be me mm. uh, I wanted it to be I wanted it to make a difference mm. and so I was like how I, I probably can't do that because I'm just not onto it enough you know with that whole numbers side of things the financial side of things and and so that was sort of the first thing and then the second thing was um, my health and safety knowledge so Yes, I'd worked in the mines in central Queensland, and yes, I had that amazing, you know, two-week intensive course before I could even go out there. So I kind of effectively had my level three, mm-hmm. uh, and obviously on the ground experience. But that was back in two thousand and twelve, and we're talking two thousand and sixteen. In between that time, I had had kids. Yep. I had I had never actually physically worked in the health and safety field and so I was very much you know even though I spent 2016 studying and kind of learning how to perfect it and and what it was all about and like growing that theory that I'd learned when I was in that mining environment Mm -hmm. I still felt like not only was I not you know a natural business person Mm -hmm. but I also wasn't a qualified experienced (laughs) health and safety practitioner either and I was like what am I doing? Oh my gosh. And so then every single time that I went anywhere and tried to kind of convince people that I knew what I was doing, there would be a voice in my head going, you don't, you're, you're not qualified to do this. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And so that voice was really loud and almost got too loud to the point where I was like, I can't, I just, I'm just faking it big time. And I just, you know, I'm hating it. Um, and it wasn't until I voiced that to, a few people actually, but one was this really um, very experienced health and safety manager of one of our largest supermarket um, companies, and I randomly got a meeting with him through a friend who told me that he wanted that he loved Victoria sponge cakes, and I said, "Well, if I bring him a Victoria sponge cake, can I meet him? Can you get me a meeting with him?" And so she did. <laughs> So I rock in with this Victoria sponge cake that I didn't even know what one was. Anyway, that is a story for another day. It was a good one. And I sat down in front of him and we got chatting and I actually said to him, I showed him Say365 and he loved it. And I actually said to him, like, I actually, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a natural, like I'm not a qualified health and safety person. Like I jumped on that, you know, and he said, I need to stop you. He just said, you would know more about health and safety then probably 95% of the practitioners in this country based on the fact that you've worked in an extremely dangerous environment in central Queensland, um, based on the fact that you are clearly passionate about it and you've done a lot of work, you know, studying, reading, all of that, researching, um, and just based on your passion that I can see that you have and also partnering with a piece of tech that's allowing you to humanise it really quickly helps too Um, and I think when he told me that I just kind of went okay I've got this Mm -hmm. and then after that 
just speaking to, like I mentioned, all of those amazing people that I had supporting me. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like, oh, we've had imposter syndrome, we've had imposter syndrome. And in fact, at the time, the chair of the Businesswoman's Network here in the Bay of Plenty, uh, she is a senior partner at um, one of the law firms here, sits on many boards, um, you know, presents, like speaks like publicly in court and, and whatever, all the time. And I remember speaking to her about it and I was like, oh, it's crippling me. <laughs> and she just said, oh my gosh, I get it. Mm. And she said, and I don't even have anywhere else to go in my career. I've reached it. <laughs> I've sort of got yeah. to the top. Yeah. Um, but she was like, everybody I know has it. Mm. Even, you know, men have it, women get it. Yes, women definitely would get it worse I think is what I've kind of heard Mm. Um, but yeah I'm super passionate about helping people get through it particularly my team I speak to a lot of boards I remember my knees literally shaking when I walked into my very first board presentation and I remember my cousin I remember ringing him and saying to him oh my gosh I'm freaking out and he just said to me you know more about what about what you're going to be talking to them and showing them particularly with the piece of technology than they do yeah. just remember that you're there to provide them with advice they want you to be there yeah totally. um and yeah I'm yet to have a horrible board member you know speak down to me mm-hmm. um in fact I in the early days I did get not trolled but I put something on LinkedIn um it was a photo of me standing in front of some scaffold and uh, somebody came straight away, probably one of the old health and safety guard in New Zealand, and I actually don't even know who it was, but um, this person said, oh, what's wrong with that scaffold? Quickly tell me. You know, like a yeah. test, and yeah. I was like, yeah. ugh. So, and so there's a bit of that. So mm-hmm. I did keep myself off social media quite a bit on wow. purpose for yeah. that reason, just trying to protect myself because I felt like I'd come so far with the imposter syndrome that you know to go backwards would be yeah you know and then just hiring people who are better than me Mm. so all of a sudden pillar isn't just about me it's not just about my lack of knowledge or experience you know it's Mm. about me being amazing with people and very good at engaging um, leaders in, in the health and safety conversation. Yes. And, um, but, you know, I've got these incredible practitioners who are at the top of their field mm. uh, who can actually do the doing as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. It's very, very inspiring. Great. Thank you yeah. for sharing that. No worries. Um, because, yeah, it does come up a lot. Um, people I never would have expected to struggle with imposter syndrome being like, yeah, I, I have to tell myself every day, you know, I've got this. And the unlocking of going, actually everyone's kind of winging it a little mm. bit. You know, there's an element to every single person that's um, a little bit out of their debt, especially if they're doing cool things in the, yeah. the world of business or any industry. So, yeah. yeah, very cool to hear. Another point I love that you said was um, hiring people better than you and, mm. and that you had that mindset from the start because I think a lot of, not just this industry, but consulting can be one-person bands. But the yes. fact that you were very keen from the get-go to... Um, build something with a team and have people around you and hire um, people that were very skilled and, and had unique uh, skill sets is, is very, very cool because you set out to build a business. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's very yeah. awesome. Thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, it was, um, it, was, it was a really tough time. And look, any tips for other people mm-hmm. struggling, I think just surround yourself with people who say, yes, you can. Yeah. I just can't stress that enough. And I was so fortunate to have those people mm-hmm. that the people, you know, maybe one or two around me at that time or on social media or, yes. or whatever who were a bit, you know, like not negative but just not positive. Yeah. Um, 
and I think yeah as long as you're you're surrounding yourself with people who are just like wow you've got this oh my gosh you're doing so well like oh you know don't worry you probably know more than 95% of the practitioners Mm -hmm. out there um is so is so critical to being able to get out of that and putting yourself out of your comfort zone more than you're actually in it is a good thing and you've just got to remember that even though you know, this isn't my first podcast <laughs> ever, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I was, you know, even a bit nervous going into this. But I just think you've just got to do it. Just, just put yourself out there because you just will regret it if you don't. Feel yeah. the fear, do it anyway. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I can tell you that, which is cool. Um, any piece of advice for those just starting their business? Um, I think, like, look after yourself yeah. is a big one. So, I mean. Like we were just talking about, feel the fear and do it anyway. Absolutely, like jump in and do it because if you've got if you've got that in you and you've you know you you really want to know what it would potentially look like or what it could look like or what it could mean for your future or what it would be like to experience that. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't um, I can't stress enough that you just should do it. You know, and even if it doesn't work out, like. Who cares? What have you lost? You've experienced, you've gained so much through the experience. And I, I genuinely believe that. I mean, when COVID hit, we thought that's it, game over. You know, wow. we just thought we'll, we'll never we'll never survive this. Mm-hmm. You know, like they've just shut down half of the country yeah. kind of thing. Well, they've <laughs> shut the full country down. And how? what does this mean for small businesses? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, you, 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 things like that just totally surprise you. I mean, it was actually really good for our business in the end. And I just think you just don't know what's around the corner and you just don't know what could happen. So definitely jump in, do it. That's that's one piece of advice is, is you know, mm. that. And then surround yourself with people who say yes you can and who can support you. And get those people from all areas of the business, you know, so that you can actually call on their advice whenever you need it. Mm, um, and then yeah just the looking after yourself thing that's that's so important just don't work crazy hours mm. <laughs> I know that you will because that's <laughs> what a small business needs in the early days but it also needs somebody who's um, very fit you know and of sound mind yeah. <laughs> um, you know and and no one no one needs you to be burnt out so mm. yeah just just try and um, look after yourself as mm. well would be my pieces of advice mm. yeah very empowering advice thank you <laughs> uh, practically speaking how do you look after your wellness and resilience um, so I'm I love exercise I think any kind of um, you know getting those endorphins flying and the oxygen Flowing is just so good for my soul. Like I just, I'm such a horrible person to be around if I haven't exercised, um, you know, for more than a few days. What type of exercise are you? Oh, I've sort of tried a few different things. So um, now that I'm 41, just turned 41, I feel like hit, which I loved a few years ago, is probably just not the best for me because mm-hmm. I started getting injuries and whatnot. So for me, um, I'm sort of focusing more on um, reform of Pilates mm-hmm. and strength work, which is great, but it's still, you know, you're still getting the endorphins and you're still without that extraordinarily high heart rate yeah, with those hit yeah, exercises. Totally, totally. Um, the other thing I love doing three or four times a week is I run um, to the beach, which is about two kilometre run, awesome. and then I walk about five kilometres home with the dog, and I just listen to a podcast, and I walk along the beach, and um, yeah, I just, I love that, like that's just so great for me, and just being able to spend some time with myself, listening to 
podcasts, um, you know, around something that like often they're, they're, it's the um, business is boring podcast mm-hmm. or the um, do you fucking mind mm-hmm. podcast um, for those types of um, for those times. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I just I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that's just cool being able to have that me time. Mm, for sure so important mm. this has been such a great combo thank you so much Amanda no um, you've unpacked so many um, pockets of goodness here so it's great last question I have for you what does the future look like for Pillar and what excites you the most about it yeah um, very excited to get off the tools a bit yeah. and uh, focus on on that next chapter so uh we set up australia a year a year about 18 months ago so we've got a pillar consulting group pty australia uh which has all been set up and we have a business partner who runs that company for us uh so trying to work a bit more closely with her to start building her team and pretty much do what we've done in New Zealand, you know, over there. And then um, even more excitingly, I think, or equally so, uh, so Safe 365 have gone into Europe and they're doing really well over there. And so uh, I'm thinking very seriously about what that could look like for Pillar um, setting up over there. We actually nearly did it a couple of years ago and then obviously on the eve of of the first lockdown. So, um, yeah, so we pulled pin. But... Which was a great, um, great thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, however, yeah, just sort of as I said earlier, if I get something in my head, it's really hard to kind of get out. So I'm, I am thinking and researching a lot about what that could look like for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like. I'm a big pictures thinker, so I like. So yeah, so anything um, that you know we can we could do. If I, if, I, if I think it makes sense, then I'll, I'll always look into it. Sorry. And I think we've recently sort of said that to our team as well, you know, like if you guys want to get involved in something where you think that clients are missing something or, you know, that well-being space in particular is really, yeah. I think there's still a, a big market there um, for us to look at, you know, maybe developing another side of that. Mm-hmm. We've also set up pillar recruitment on the back of, Uh, trying to find our own health and safety people (laughs) Uh, we thought why not try and do this for other companies too so we've got um, yeah so pillar recruitment was sort of launched about a month or two ago and we only recruit health and safety and HR roles and um, yeah so just working with that's more sort of Mariska's baby and just working with her to um, yeah to help get that up and running and yeah, so lots of exciting wow. things to come. Yeah, that's mm. so cool. The future is bright for yes. you guys. So looking forward to seeing how that plays out and uh, backing you all the way, that's for sure, alongside Jamie and the Ice House team. Thank you. But thank you so much for your time. have absolutely loved hearing your story. Great. Thank you so much for having me.